8. 1 Kings chapter 8. You can just put your finger there. You know, last week, um, at least in part of the message, we finished up the book of Exodus ending with chapter 40, verses 34 through 38, which read, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, or the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Now today, we're just going to touch the hem of the glory of God in the message. But remember what can happen when just touching the hem of Jesus' garment, what happened then. From now until family camp, God willing, I'm going to try and bring a message with a focus on the family. Now, not James Dobson, okay, not that focus on the family, but rather messages whose theme can be related to the family. Now, I've been thinking a while on this subject of the glory of God and noticed how pertinent this is to the spiritual success of the family. Therefore, I've entitled the message today as a glorious family. Let's pray. Father, I just come before you, Lord God, knowing that it's your Holy Spirit's work in the lives of people today that's going to make the difference. Father, you had spoken to me about this message, and I'll do my best uh, in my feeble words and attempt to give the message but may that be lost in the Spirit reaching into our hearts and giving us the message we need to hear. And now, Father, we'll thank you for that and trust you for that, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the conclusion of Exodus was the completion of the tabernacle and then the glory of God filling it. There's things that can be observed about the glory of God, pictured by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And that is, I wrote these down, make a good message sometime, it's alliterated. God's glory controlled the direction of his people. God's glory was continual both day and night, and God's glory was complete. It remained throughout all their journeys. Now, God's tabernacle would be replaced by a temple in Solomon's day. Now, it's interesting, you may ask, well, you don't hear much about the tabernacle after they cross into the promised land. But it is mentioned there, it's, it seemed like it fought its place to, to, to find some place to, to set it. You don't see God leading them um, by a pillar of cloud by day and, and a pillar of fire by night. Um, but you'll see in instances where they tried to plant this until God would finally plant this in what he would call the temple. 
But so we're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 8, but I want you to first turn to the last verse in 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 51. And we're going to read there. It says, So was ended all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated, even the silver and the gold and the vessels did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. Now let's read in 1 Kings, beginning in chapter 8, verse 1. And I'm going to go through chapter 8. It's so long now. Just to give you, a, for instance, when I prepare a message, anybody who's, who's prepared messages, you'll find that you there are so many rabbit trails. I mean, you have to avoid them. But I enjoy them. So I spend extra time. I just have to follow some of them. But then I get to a list and I look at how many words I've written. And uh, when I get over 3,000 words, then I, I try to limit it to, to that. And uh, so I don't want to read through all of chapter 8. I just want you to get the gist uh, of chapter 8 and referring to thinking about the tabernacle and thinking about the temple and, and precisely thinking about the glory of the Lord and looking at these similarities as we go through. So let's... 1 Kings 8, 1 says, Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers and the children of Israel, unto, the, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Verse 6, And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above. Now, some of these verses are just very special to me. They just stand out. And they drew out the staves. That the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without. And there they are unto this day. There was nothing in the ark, verse 9, save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. Now, there was two other things in, in the ark that weren't there anymore. There was one thing, God's word. The staves pulled out, set down. It reminds me of the church. <laughs> it was set down, it was settled. And only the word of God prevailed. Verse 10, it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Sound familiar? It's what happened in the tabernacle. So that the priests could not stand or minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Same thing at the beginning as at the tabernacle. Then spake Solomon, the, the Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. Verse 13, I have surely built thee in house to dwell in. It says, a settled place for thee, it says, to abide forever. Not through their journeys, but to abide forever. Now jump down to verse 21. And I have set there a place for the ark wherein is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now jump down to verse 27. 
But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house that I have built it. Verse 28 through 30, Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant. Solomon is praying to God here. And to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today, that thine eyes may be opened toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place, and hearken unto the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel. Listen to this, when they shall pray toward this place. In other words, they would be outside of this place and they would turn to pray toward this place. And hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and when thou hearest, forgive. This is going to be a place known as a place of prayer, a house of prayer. Moreover, concerning a stranger, verse 41, that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake. For they shall hear of thy great name and of thy strong hand and of thy stretched out arm when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place. Heaven's his dwelling place. And do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all the people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have builded is called by thy name. Verse 56 and 57, Blessed be the Lord that hath given us given rest unto his people Israel. According to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. The Lord our God be with us, and He was with our, as He was with our fathers. Let Him not leave us, nor forsake us. And that's some curious uh, wording there in the Old Testament. God was on Solomon in his heart. He was prophesying. Verse fifty-nine and sixty. And let these my words, wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord. Be nigh unto the Lord our God, it says, day and night. Does that sound familiar? That he may maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel at all times as the matter shall require in verse 60. And I'm going to end with this verse. That all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is none else. Now, there were some differences between the tabernacle and the temple. The tabernacle was temporal for the Hebrews' journeys in the wilderness and into the promised land until it was superseded by the temple. The tabernacle was moving. The temple was permanent. And though the physical temple had its ups and downs, you might say, and does not exist today physically, there is coming a day in the millennium where the temple will be reconstructed and reinstituted for worship by the Jews. God will complete it. It will be completed because it's a forever thing. Number three, the tabernacle had the physical of glory of God upon it at all times. 
whereas the temple seemed to be more of an intercessory place of prayer to the presence of God in heaven. Though there's a place of sacrifice and worship there, it was more properly called and referenced by Jesus himself as the house of prayer. But the temple was similar in many ways to the tabernacle. Again, number one, it was all about the glory of God and to be controlled by God. It was about the control of God. It was about God's glory to be continual by day and by night, continuous. It was God's glory was that of completion, never to leave or be forsaken. And number four, God's glory was that the world may know it. We know a lot more about what all this meant today, don't we? See, yet there was another temple that would exist. And I'm not talking about the rebuilding of the, the physical temple. A temple not made with hands. The temple was a forever place of settlement. The temple was destroyed in A.D. 70. And the church age was ushered in in a new spiritual temple, replacing the old physical temple. The dwelling place was that of the Spirit of God in the heart of man for those who would believe. And it ushered in the church age, which we live in today. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. 1 Corinthians 6.19, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 2 Corinthians 6.16 And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You know, the revelation of God dwelling in us was a mystery to those before Christ came. Colossians 1.26, Even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Wherefore, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Here it is. Yes, the heavens declare the glory of God, as in Psalm 19. We can just look outside and see it. But there's a place where the glory of God must shine even greater into this world. It is that glory in us as saved people. It is the glory of God that we must make the most important Thing in our family. The most important 
thing in our family. Our entire purpose in life is that we should be an example to our family of what the glory of God is and expressing that. And it must be what we instill in our children to be the God, to be God, be the glory in all that we do. That's it. I have a lot of people ask me, what happened to the kids? What happened to the family? I'm concerned. What about my family? And you should be concerned. Don't think that you've got it figured out. But I'll tell you this one thing. There's a big difference in a family who has wrapped around their whole life of giving glory to God. To those who put God in a place but live the rest of their life in another way. Wrap your whole life, your whole family, think about it, giving glory to God. We must live out this concept. Now, I'm going to give you an example, a practical example, a real life example that I just went through. As you know, Patty and I and Abby recently took a vacation with the UC family to Florida. I've had several people ask me what my favorite thing was on vacation. Of course, you can think of all the activities. We went to the beach a couple times. We went deep sea fishing. We visited the springs of Homosassa. We went to another state park. We went to SeaWorld twice with all it has to offer. And if you know anything about the Utsis, we had ice cream several <laughs> times. <laughs> when I looked a little deeper to the answer to the question what I like best, I thought the best thing was spending a special time with the Utsi family. And I can truly say to that, glory to God. But really, there was so much more to give God the glory for. You know, I was concerned about stopping on the, at the beach, which was our plan on the way down to surprise the kids. They've never, I don't know, if, have they seen the ocean, any of them? Or so long ago, they wouldn't have remembered. What a sight for that. But I was concerned. It's spring break. It was sunny, about 10 degrees warmer than normal. But the beach we stopped at, amazingly, was not crowded. It was family friendly. And plenty of beach to keep things more private. Patty and I sat in some chairs and watched the Utsi family splish and splash and laugh, playing in the ocean and in the sand. To God be the glory. As I mentioned before, our reservations were canceled at the last minute of our vacation. It seemed that there was, the reason was there was a family in the home who had nowhere to go, and the host was not comfortable just moving, and, moving them out. Perhaps these people were blessed by God at our expense. Glory to God to be used by Him. There appeared only one reservation that fit our venue and budget line. It ended up that this place was brand new in a great location for what we were doing better than the other place in a nice, quiet neighborhood, which is amazing where it was in Kissimmee, with a large community pool, which we had pretty much to ourselves. God blessed us above and beyond to God be the glory. The first morning we woke up, 
There's a little squirrel and raccoon that visited us in the back, out the back door. It was just that first day that that happened. And I believe it was just God was giving us a first morning welcome. Glory to God. When we went to Circle B State Park to see the wildlife, we saw many alligators, large turtles at our feet. <laughs> I mean, right at our feet. Uh, birds, fish, like everyone saw at the park. Yes, to God be the glory, but there were some very special things that God gave us to see. A water bird, probably 15 feet from us, as it was perched there looking down as we just kept watching because we were wondering what it was looking at. Quickly went down, snatched a snake or an eel type thing that's flopping in its beaks, and we saw it eating it. We saw another bird go under the water and spear a fish, then come over to the pier where we were at within 10 feet of us, demonstrating how he would unspear the fish, catch it in its beak, flip the fish so its head first, and then swallowed a reasonable sized fish is something that you wouldn't think would have went down. <laughs> went down whole as it was still living. That was pretty special. When we arrived at the park, we had lunch. But not only lunch, we had entertainment. <laughs> Several squirrels, which I think some of the children, were you able to feed them out of your hand? Out of their hand. Squirrels. They had to work at it a little bit. They finally got the trust in the kids. One squirrel, this was, in a, had a large potato chip. And had and it's you know their little hands and it's sitting up like this, and that big chips up like I said, and you see little nibble marks and it just like like eating a corn, you know it was it was hilarious. To end our trip, we went to see otters, but God had another plan. We were stopped by a group of armadillos who were attacking us. <laughs> they were actually running around the path, and they actually headed toward the feet of the children, and we got a laugh out of that. Now, I dare say that nobody else at the park had the experience we had. To God be thanks and the glory. Going deep sea fishing was a unique experience. Seeing Andy hook onto a large fish two times seeing him fight the fish for quite a while until the fish began to take his line with the drag singing till nothing left and the line snapped. Now that was a first for me to witness in deep sea fishing. Abel was, was able to return with a story of the fish that got away. Now I wished I could have got a video, but maybe it's best because I think that story can grow over time. <laughs> We saw some sharks caught. A large fish landed to include a 20-pound red snapper. It was an amazing fish. But even more special than that, it was Joanna and Malachi's first ocean voyage. They didn't get sick, and everything turned out great. And by the way, they had hamburgers cooked on a grill in the cabin of the boat and unlimited soft drinks. Remember that, kids? <laughs> to God be the glory. As it turned out, as crowded as it was, at SeaWorld, we were able to see all the shows, exhibits, ride several rides, and eat like kings with two days at SeaWorld. To see Andy's wide eyes after riding the Mako roller coaster 
was priceless. Going to the killer whale show and seeing the Utsi family get soaked <laughs> while mom and I, and I think it was Becky, remained completely dry just on the other side of the aisle. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Then at the end of the second day at SeaWorld to see Andy's family mowing ice cream at Edie's ice cream in the park to, be, to God be the glory. On our trip, we left in rain. On our way back, we returned in some rain, but the time on vacation, no rain. Warm, comfortably warm weather and refreshing mornings and nights. Thank you, Lord. To God be the glory. We had some difficult incidences along the way. One of them I shared, they might not have known, but I just thought it was funny. You know, when you don't sleep in the place you normally sleep at, I mean, you do different things. And so I got in the bed, and I laid down, and I just umped like this right up into the pillow. Didn't realize the wall was right there, and I crunched my head into that wall. I felt compression, whether it was my skull or the wall, and I blacked out for a quick second. Now... In my thoughts, I thought, I might wake up dead tomorrow. I don't know, but I'm so tired, <laughs> I don't have to deal with it. But I thought for sure, I am going to be sore, and my head's going to be hurting. No problems whatsoever. Next to God be the glory. There was other incidences, but none of them kept us from doing all we wanted to do on vacation. I felt like we had three weeks of vacation in one week. <laughs> to God be the glory. Now, there's a way of looking at things. I could have wrote this story in a whole different way. I could have focused on all the incidences. And there was plenty of them. Remember the 12 spies that went in the lane? Ten were bad, two were good. Because Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit. Because they wanted to give God the glory. It was all about God's glory. They knew there was problems. They seen all the same things they did. But they knew God would take care of them. And God took care of all the things. On our vacation day, God be the glory. So what was my favorite part of the trip? Seeing God's glory in it all. Your family does not have a chance of being all it can be and perhaps can completely fall apart if you do not have the single goal in your life and family to experience and claim the glory of God. You are to have a glorious family. I hope God's speaking to your heart that I can't put into words that only he can put into your heart what that what he's talking about there and what that feels like and what what is that the tabernacle the temple your own being it's all about one thing the glory of God that's it God's glory controlled the direction of his people God's glory was continual both day and night it's it's not a you go to sleep I mean even in your sleep God's glory was complete. It remained throughout all their journeys. And it was so that the world would know the glory of God.
Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now for invitation, I would like you to have your heads bowed and eyes closed. As the pianist comes to play, do you have the song? Interesting, I had this song in mind for the invitation for the message. And John and Katara had already picked out, we've already sung it once. If you're familiar with the words, may it speak to your heart, this song, like it never has before. How many families do you see that you would say that they are all about God getting glory? How about yours? Is that your single purpose as a family? Or does your family represent a hit and miss God, which is an untrue God? May I remind you, the glory of God is only accessible by salvation in this life. Are you saved? Are you praying diligently for your family's salvation? In life eternal, beyond this temporal life, every person will give God the glory. It was prophesied in Isaiah. I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Isaiah 45, 23. It was quoted by Paul in Romans 14, 11. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. And repeated in Philippians 2.10 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Are you saved? And are you dedicated to the service of God in your life and family? There's a postal worker. If you've noticed that the post office is delivering on Sunday, that is because of business with Amazon. There's a worker who is suing for religious rights who lived his, his life working for the post office because he could have off every Sunday because that was serious enough to him. They started coming to him and said, you're going to have to work on Sunday. We got these Amazon deliveries. He said, no, I will not. After a while, they put so much pressure on him, moved to another uh, post office, which just had a few workers where he could get by. But then eventually they said, no, you're going to have to do it because it's a hardship. He said no, he took a stand and he just quit his job. Because the glory of God was important to him. How important is it to you? Amen. I just want to read you a verse. 
few verses from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. We're going to be there one day if you're saved. We're actually going to be with God. We're going to be in the tabernacle. We're part of the tabernacle. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will, bless, I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But then it says, But the fearful and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Salvation, as Brother Mike's been, it's a serious thing. We must make sure that we are truly saved. And then that tabernacle is within us. The glory of God resides in us, folks. And we need to see everything through the glory of God. That's how you view things in life. If your family doesn't represent that, you're in trouble. So I want to say the first thing about the family is that the first thing that you ought to make important is that you're going to give God the glory for everything. Just keep giving him credit to show how God's done. I asked Brother Mike, he had a rough day out of the house. I kind of could see that a little bit. But uh, I asked him how things are going, and he's like, oh. And I said to him, well, there's two ways to answer that. And, and you know, and humanly speaking, you know, we, we have good days and uh, rough days, you know, and things work great, and sometimes nothing seems to work. But you know what? The other answer is, I had a great day. It was a beautiful day. I'd spend some time with my son, my grandsons, out, in, out there building something that I enjoy doing. To God be the glory. You know, I know we're going to have those tough times and we're going to complain sometimes, but may we always be saying, point God, and God's never fails. Not one word, not anything. No matter what we're going through, He's working good for us. And to continually let your family see that. That is the most important thing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessed word. Thank you for those who have come out today. I pray you bless each family and guide them and direct them in their life. In Jesus' name.